Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. One sentence summary. Decisive gives you a scientific four-step approach to making better decisions in your life and career, based on an extensive study of the available literature and research on the topic. My favorite quote from the authors is, Success emerges from the quality of the decisions we make and the quantity of luck we receive. We can't control luck, but we can control the way we make choices. Chip and Dan Heath I really like the books by the Heath brothers. They're well-researched, fun to read, and always compact with not just one, but a multitude of great insights. After Made to Stick in 2007 and Switch in 2010, Decisive is their most recent book, published in 2013, and it's about making better decisions. They've created a four-step process called RAP, which you can run through each time you have to make a big, important decision, to make choices easier. Its four elements are 1. Widen your options, that's the W. 2. Reality test your assumptions, that's the R. 3. Attain distance before deciding, that's the A. And 4. Prepare to be wrong, that's the P. Let's look at the first three in more detail, because these are the steps that coincide with what I believe to be the most important lessons from this book. 1. Never decide in binary mode. Always think of other options. 2. Don't commit to just one plan. Set up experiment and see which decisions work. 3. Switch to the perspective of a friend or future you to be more objective about choices. Are you decisively indecisive? Let's change that. Decisive. Lesson 1. Decisions aren't binary. Always think in opportunity costs. This answers the question, what is a huge mistake we make when we approach decisions in the first place? How many times has this happened to you in school? On Wednesday, someone starts talking about a party on Friday, and by Thursday, everyone's invited, including you. Now you have to decide what to do. Interestingly, how we decide something like this often ends with us trying to answer some variant of this question. Should I go to Jake's party or not? The problem with making decisions like this is that it's a binary approach. You only consider two options, yes and no. To get the full picture though, you'd have to also consider opportunity costs. There are actually a lot more options, most of which start with no, but... For example, if you didn't go to Jake's party, you'd have the option to just call it an early night and go to bed, of course. But you could also invite a friend over and watch a movie, go ice skating to a club, throw your own party or get dinner with your family. It's not so much about going or not going, it's about what else you could do in that time. With money, it's the same thing. You can buy a $700 stereo or a $1,000 one. The question is what you'd do with the remaining $300 if you chose the cheaper version. Would you save it, invest it, book a flight, buy 50 records? Even just being aware of the option of doing something else with your time and money helps a lot in seeing the full picture of available choices. For example, when people were given the choice between buying a $14.99 video or not in a study, without any hints, 25% didn't buy. But as soon as the no option was labeled, keep the $14.99 for other purchases, decline rates shot up to 45%, just because people were suddenly aware they could do other things with their money. Decisive Lesson 2 don't make plans, run experiments, and see what sticks. This answers the question, 
how reality proof are our decisions really? And is it important that we always try to make the best choice? In case of Jake's party, this won't work. But in quite a lot of instances, you don't even have to decide right away. You can just set up various trials and see which decision works out best. For example, I'm really struggling with what paid product I should create first on 4-Minute Books. So instead of just picking one and potentially building something that falls flat on its face, I would just release a bunch of ideas and see which ones people really want me to make. If you think you want to be a writer, you don't have to quit your job right away. You can just start writing a blog, for example, and see if you like it. The Heath brothers call this testing on a small scale ooching, and it really makes you a lot more comfortable when making big shifts. Internships, for example, serve this very purpose. Find a way to dip your toe into the water first, then decide. Decisive, lesson three. Change your perspective to friend or future to be more objective. This answers the question, how can we make sure our decisions are more rational? The third step of the rap model is getting some distance. Why does that matter? Well, your emotions tend to hijack a lot of your decisions, based on what you think is most important right now. However, what you feel matters most today isn't necessarily always what 10 years from now you needs, or even 10 minutes, 10 days, or 10 months from now you. That's why it helps to put some emotional distance between you and the decision before making a choice. For example, sticking with the number 10, try the 10-10-10 perspective. How would you feel about your decision 10 minutes, 10 months and 10 years from now? Another cool trick is to take on the perspective of a friend giving advice. Imagine your best friend came to you and explained the exact dilemma you face, asking you what she should do. What would you tell them to do? We often give much more objective advice to our friends because we're not bugged down by the short-term emotions they struggle with in the moment. Do the same for yourself and future you will be a lot happier. Here's what I learned from Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. Really cool book. Everything about mental and cognitive biases. I love it. Sign me up. Uh, Because... Learning to think more rationally is one of the most important uh, skills to learn, I think, in our time today. So, uh, cool model. Uh, they're marketing guys. You can probably tell because they made up the whole model and everything. Uh, the first book was called Made to Stick. It was about marketing and getting your ideas to stick. Uh, so, they are very clever in how they position things. For example, by giving names, right? So, opportunity cost is a well-known um, well-known term in psychology uh, then they came up with this idea of uching right so they give their practices their own name so you can remember them better the 10 10 10 rule right that's another one and the whole model is called rap like uh, rap as into uh, you know roll up a uh, a uh, burrito or something you know like rap so that's that's good that they know how to do that because especially with cognitive biases, it's important to keep remembering them. I wrote a post about mental biases, I think two or three weeks ago by now and probably two weeks ago. And already I see myself losing sort of touch with the ideas in the article, which is natural because it's been two weeks, right? So I have to go back and, and scroll through it again and so on because it's something I, I think is really important and I want to remind myself of. Now, uh, a little more on the individual lessons. Opportunity costs. Yes, this is one way 
you are being tricked on a constant basis when it comes to people selling you stuff. And uh, I'll be honest, this is the first sort of tactic I'll admit when I finish these summaries, which is instead of making a a landing page for the product uh, where I say you can uh, buy this, the price is say $99 uh, by now, and you have one button and one option and it's $99, then what your brain does, it thinks in, should I buy this or not, right? Kind of like with Jake's party. Here's the trick. If I offer two different versions and I say there's one version for 79 and one for 99 and it comes with different features, your brain doesn't think, should I buy this or not? Your brain thinks, which one should I buy? Should I buy version one or version two? Obviously, like that's a, that's a trick marketers can use um, to, to make more profit. Of course, you can use this ethically too, right? So I'm convinced of like, I like my product, right? I think it's awesome. I think you should buy it. So otherwise I wouldn't do it. Um, uh, but still, like, just be aware of that, right? So whenever you're presented with multiple options right away, that's something car salesmen do brilliantly, right? Because they say, you can get this car with this paint or with this color or in this color, or you can get it with these features and with these features. They give you so many options that you kind of stop thinking about whether you should buy one altogether. But I think that's important to remember. You always have the option to not do anything, right? And to take your money elsewhere and to think about that. The second one uh, I want to talk about is funny because I literally talked about like what product should I create uh, when I wrote this summary. Obviously, I was thinking about what which product to make. And so here's some fun backstory. Before I decided to record audio versions of my summaries, I first tried something else. I thought it would be really cool to, instead of having sort of the page and having access to everything and it's all open and stuff, it would be cool to have sort of a one-year program where you would get a lesson, just one lesson from a book in your inbox per email and you get the lesson and then you get actionable tips and steps you can take that very same day to implement the lesson. So uh, let's say uh, don't make plans, run experiment and see what sticks, like that's the lesson for the day. I would write that down nicely, uh, include a quote and then I would say at the end of it, so today here are some actionable steps you can take to not make plans, right? And then you would get one email every single day for a year with different themes and so on and you would pay for that. Now I thought it was a great idea but obviously people didn't because it never happened, right? I tried to, I think, pre-sell the membership at, I don't know, $20, uh, $20 a month or I don't remember. But I tried to pre-sell it. Nobody bought it. Obviously, people thought having the lessons available online anytime they want to is enough and they didn't see the value there. So I scrapped it and I said, yep, not doing that. And I started over. What I did afterwards is I just sent out an email and asked everybody, hey, what would you like to buy from me? And like, I'm thinking about what products to make and what do you want? And I just collected ideas, ideas, ideas. And by far, and uh, by far, audio was the most popular one. So I started with that, right? I made that and lo and behold, people bought because it's what they said they wanted. So you can always reverse your decisions or most of them anyway. And the way you can think about it is actually there's something called a decision tree. So if you Google that, you will find it. It's sort of, it's like a tree structure on paper. So you have nodes and lines connecting the different nodes. And what you can do is just for fun, like backtrack one of your decisions and make the first node, the first decision and say you decided yes or no, then make two different paths and then make the subsequent decisions you made from that yes and that no. 
and look at where you are in the tree right now when it comes to, let's say, your career and important decision. And then you can see, oh, yeah, actually, I had the option to like go all the way back or I could go back up until here and then take a different turn and so on. And thinking of your decisions that way, that's, I think, hugely beneficial because it shows you that not everything you do is set in stone, right? And that's important to be reminded of. Uh, lastly, the, the perspective hack, that's so powerful. I don't do it way often enough, but just thinking of yourself as your own friend advising yourself already puts a lot of uh, mental distance between you and the problem, or rather the emotions that hijack the problem. Uh, so think about that. 10, 10, 10 rule, uh, 10 minutes, 10 months, 10 years. There's another version of this. I think it's, if it, I think Ty Lopez said this, if it's, um, if it doesn't matter uh, five minutes, five months or five years from now, then uh, it's not worth thinking about or something like that. Or if it's not, if it doesn't matter five years from now, I don't know, I don't recall the exact term, but you get the gist, right? So we are, we suck at uh, estimating uh, the, impact of emotions on our decisions in the long run we really suck at estimating that i think it's called the adaptive effect i don't quite recall i just wrote about it it's in jonathan Haidt, the happiness hypothesis but basically we think our emotional burden will carry on for way longer than it does and what we surprisingly find is often that even when it's a tough decision a week later we don't care about it right it's like when you say we'll laugh about this in two weeks and it's always true all right, some, some rambling, some practical stuff. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something. Really cool book, Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. And I will see you on one of the next summaries.